0: Hello and welcome everyone to today's news tonight, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests and our lovely patrons to discuss the day's gaming news. I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and I'm joined today by Ash Paulson and Steve Bowling for our premiere episode. So let's see what's on the docket tonight. But before we begin, we actually have a sponsor for this episode. Some of you may have heard of the YouTube channel Game Explain, and they have this to say. Wishing you guys the best of luck on your new adventure from all of us at Game Explain. Stunt Race FX forever, and <laughs> what a <laughs> way to have a first sponsor! I wonder who Stunt that. Race I, FX. I don't I know who from. wrote yeah. that. You heard it here, here. You heard it here first, folks. Stunt Race FX coming to Switch. I love it as a sequel. Yeah, and you know it's only thanks for that copy, Tris. Thank you so
1: much. (laughs) Yes, and we're and we're all of course over here, very appreciative of our of our friends at Game Explained, and thank you for the support, you guys. Come on, we all know uh, that was Tom,
0: who's all the big Stunt Race FX
1: fan. Obviously, obviously, obviously. come on. No, I think it was Joey. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you to all of you over at Game Explain, but let's actually dive into the news. And the first bit we have tonight is Ratchet and Clank, uh, Rift Apart, Returnal, and Gran Turismo 7 release dates have been narrowed down to the first half of 2021 in a new PS5 ad, while Horizon Forbidden West has been clarified for the second half of 2021. So we're already getting a clearer idea of what to expect from the PS5 lineup in 2021. And. Yeah, I guess right off the bat. I mean, how are we feeling about this lineup?
1: Oh, let's! Go. I love it. I mean, Rift Apart in the first half of 2021. I mean, I would. I want Horizon Forbidden West. That's like my big golden goose for the PS5. But just knowing that it's coming and it's going to be here in 2021, unless it gets delayed, uh, I'm all in, man. I'm excited. And of course, Derek, I know you with Rift Apart. You are so hyped.
0: Oh, you know it. I mean the. Uh, moment Rift Apart comes out. That's when I'm getting a PS5. That that is my okay. system seller. Like, yeah, Miles Morales looks good. Yeah, Demon Souls is a you know pretty cool. But my big thing is Ratchet and Clank, and I have been replaying the series. Got through the first two games so far. It is still reminding me why I love it so much. And I, I haven't even got to the really good stuff yet. It's just the like seeing the series evolve and. I still think Rift Apart is the biggest showcase for the PS5. That instantaneous loading between the different levels and like going from place to place, that is incredibly impressive and probably shows off the SSD better than any other game I've seen up to this point.
2: You know, I yeah. thought that too until I played the PS5. <laughs> and, I mean, like, I, I hate to be that guy. No, but... no, be that guy. <laughs> um, yeah, Please so do. Miles Morales loads like, I mean instant it's like super nes fast and that to me is like i'm mind blown even now like every time i hit continue and it just instantly goes right into gameplay i'm like how are you doing this and then uh astro's playroom does a very similar thing to rift apart where you have like four levels and each one opens basically a rift and you walk (laughs) into it and then astro just shoots through the rift into the level and i was like damn like this is really impressive i mean i am still super like crazy hyped for rift apart i think it looks incredible but i i used to think that that was the showcase and now i'm thinking like this is just every first party game (laughs) like they're (laughs) they're making sure to show off this these amazingly fast speeds in every single first party effort and i'm like dumbfounded by how well optimized these games are so i mean not to take anything away from Rift Apart, to me it is by far one of the most interesting currently revealed PS5 games, and I, I can't wait to hear your take on it. I can't wait to, mm-hmm. you know what? I can't wait to hear what vibes you get off that game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in, oh, in, in I you maybe know just it. A few one way or another, I am reviewing that game. There is no no two ways about that. But Ambison oh, yeah. in our chat actually makes a good point. Insomniac has always been good at getting the most uh, they're getting their mileage out of the hardware. And playing Going Commando recently, the second game in the series, on a PS2, there are so many enemies on screen with explosions happening everywhere, uh, particles happening, little bouncing balls, not a hint of slowdown. It's, I mean, granted, they're all the same looking enemies, but it's still really impressive on the PS2, and Insomniac has just been amazing at that kind of uh, technological know-how.
1: Well, it's always it's always impressive when you see that kind of stuff happen. Like you know, uh, in for example, in Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door, you see all the punies on, on the screen at once, and and at various parts throughout the game. Even if they are the same model over and over again, it's such a cool effect to see that happen. And mm-hmm. we've seen with from Ripped Apart that there's so much exploding on the screen at any given moment, and it's yeah. uh, it's looking incredibly. Uh, incredibly impressive, and uh, like, yeah, for, and, and for me, my game is Horizon Forbidden West. That's the one I want to review and, and and get the vibes off of. I mm, so excited. I, I've watched that trailer more times than is probably healthy at this point. So you're going to be picking Uh, up on PS4, obviously. (laughs) Oh, obviously. Clearly. Yeah. No, if if for whatever reason I don't have a PS5 by the time Horizon releases, which I totally will, but if I didn't, that would be the day I got a PS5. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do want to point out something that the Lewis Dragoon said a little bit earlier. Uh, Sony's first-year lineup looking as as Pigma from Star Fox would say, Real good!
0: (laughs) Gotta get (laughs) that uh, that. Ash voice acting in there. That's amazing. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh.
1: I love it. Star Fox lines are always the best. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, Yeah actually rob rman x and uh steve you might be able to uh, say talk about this as well uh the series x has fast loading as well and it's hilarious to see the xbox skip loading screens on 360 games have you seen that yourself
2: yeah uh the series x is i mean both of these are such similar pieces of hardware and really where they're divergent is the philosophy applied to how they're designed but i mean yeah i've played some old games and it's just like you know, Hey, you're, you're right in the game. Like I was playing guardian heroes, Xbox 360 back backwards compatibility Nice. and it just loads like nothing I've ever seen before. Again, like SNES level load speed. So where I know there's load screens in games, they're just gone. And I know it's happening because it's so fast that they just don't get a chance to actually show anything. And that to me is just crazy. Like, cause you know, the load screens are still in the game. It's just they're they're going by you so fast you can't pick them up. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's really cool. There's something, I think kind of the Series X has that feeling of taking all your old stuff and making it better, whereas the PS4 is introducing you to brand new things. And so depending on where you land on, you know, either playing all your old favorite games upgraded or whether you want to play old or new stuff that just doesn't exist yet. Uh, that's really going to be a key deciding point for people on which console they pick up. In, I mean, I guess a couple days. <laughs> that's well, and the I was, crazy uh, thing. I was,
1: I was reading about. I was either reading or maybe it was a Digital Foundry video, but The, the Last of Us remastered, as we all know, takes like a minute and a half or something to, for that initial loading screen to actually load into the game. And apparently, that's cut down by like eighty-five percent or something on PS Five. Like it's it's just a few seconds to load into the game, which is just crazy to me. That. I mean, I I care about loading times, but I never knew, I never thought about how excited I would be to actually hear about these short loading times, like these super short loading times console style on the PS5 and Xbox Series X. I I think I underestimated just how excited that would make me.
0: Mm -hmm. I saw a strange article today where apparently the last Guardians load times have been improved, but only on disc. Like th- it's only or, the physical version uh, that works. Like oh, digital not re- so much.
2: I remember this. It's the it's the one version of the PAL release because oh, the PAL release has like uncapped frame rates and and different different like loading tech used oh, in the, it, it, it than the the frame rate everywhere else. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So it just has like this amazing frame rate. But it's only this one release. Somehow they like hard capped the frame rates <laughs> so everywhere weird. else. It's so, yeah. Okay.
1: You know, that's something I still need to go back and play. And this is actually probably the perfect chance is to do it on PS5. But I never did get around to playing The Last Guardian. It's just too much to play. It passed me by. But I was always curious about it. So It's a hey, it's on solid the PlayStation,
2: game. It's on the PlayStation Plus collection, too. Oh, right. So it is. You exactly. pick
0: up a PS5, it's free.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's just nuts. What a great deal. God, that's cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, there is a bit of other um, Sony news that came out today, and that was more about the talk about uh, sort of the development of the PS5, where they said they could have made the system even bigger, and the fact that um, <laughs> they did consider charging more than $70 per game, which, oh God, <laughs> my heart. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's, it's yeah. It's interesting. the The PS five is is a really well engineered piece of hardware, but there's no denying that it's just huge, <laughs> like, massive. Yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember taking it out of the box. Like, I, I got the I got the review unit, and I opened the shipping box, and I looked at the actual box, and I looked at my desk, and I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need to move a lot of things to make this video." <laughs> mm-hmm. So I ended up tearing down my whole desk just to just to film it because I. I mean my computer wouldn't fit my keyboard my mouse my monitor had to come down like it was it was a real experience just trying to make room to open the box so if it was even bigger i don't know what people would do like it barely fits like this is the bottom of my tv and that's the top of my ps5 (laughs) they're practically touching and yeah I, i can't imagine if this thing was even a millimeter taller i'd i'd be going insane
1: I do love the hour long flex you've got going on Steve with the, just the PS5 <laughs> casually right behind you. I do really appreciate that. Well, it's well this way you know.
2: is is my bed and it's covered in laundry. So. <laughs> nice. Okay. I'll, I'll let I'll let people lust over the PlayStation 5 for un, until I clean my room.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No no supper before you clean your room or something like no PS5 before you clean your room. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, but yeah, it, it's been crazy and yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be just blown away. I, even though I've seen your version, I've seen the comparisons. I just know I'm gonna be blown away by the size. But thank God Sony did not go to seventy. is already feeling like a really tough hit. Yeah, that gives me it's, yeah that that gives me some faith
2: because this, this clearly says that Sony learned from the PS3 generation mm, where, right. you know, people are out there saying, oh, just get a second job if you want to be able to afford our console. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad that there was someone in the room that just raised their hand and was like, hey, this idea is terrible and you shouldn't do it. <laughs> um, you know, I It it reads as a bad story because Sony wanted at some point to charge that, but I kind of take it as a positive because someone was smart enough to say people are going to get angry (laughs) and, and, uh, they listened, they listened, which is, which is really the key here. Like, you know, because it seems like for the last several generations, we've had at least one crazy tone deaf move from a platform holder. Like Microsoft saying yeah. you have to be online to play Xbox One or Sony charging you six hundred bucks for the PS3. So I'm I'm glad that that this generation, we don't just have some huge gaff from someone. Like, yeah. At least it's just an even playing field going in. The only huge well, thing is, is the thing PS5. Thing <laughs>
1: Yep. <laughs> there is a whole thing about Nintendo making one of the most fun online multiplayer games they've ever made only available until March 31st until they, when they delist it. That's so true. it's definitely not yeah. a next gen gaff, but it's but it is a gaff. And uh, yeah, but you know, that's as you said there's always seems like there's some sort of gaffe going on, but at the same time on on where we are on the cusp of, you know, the next generation of consoles, both Microsoft and Sony have done I would say pretty well uh, all around with their price points and and release timing. Uh, obviously, Sony kind of dropped the ball with pre-orders in the PS5 quite a bit, and they still are kind of struggling to catch up. Um, but in general, I would say it's been a pretty smooth transition. Even though it's weird that I don't feel like I'm even ready for it. Like I, yeah. you could tell me that the PS5 and Xbox Series X weren't coming out for another two years, and I wouldn't feel bad about it. I you know, when I when I play games like. The Last of Us Part Two, or whatever, and they look as good as they do. I'm not sitting there thinking, man, I really wish Next Gen was here. It's just, it's crazy that it's here, but it almost, I know it's time, but it also doesn't feel like it's time in a, in a weird way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I pretty much feel the same uh, because I, I heard that, hey, the PS5 and Xbox Series X is coming out soon. I'm like, wait, what? That, uh, I know. <laughs> that it's happened. Com- it's just and this, hit us so I mean, quickly. It caught me off, and we'll talk about this later because, of course, we will, Ash. But somebody said, uh, Melody of Memory comes out this Friday. I'm like, what? <laughs> when well, did that right. happen?
1: I know. And, uh, we, and we, I guess to a bit of behind the scenes info. We had hoped to have a, a review from me ready to go on the channel uh, by the time you know it came out, but no review copy. So I'm still going to review it, but I'm just going to buy it and play the hell out of it and I review mean, it that way. That's so. what it's
0: like being a fresh channel. We just get it, talk about it when it comes, and. Yeah, Enjoy although I haven't review. really
1: heard about anybody getting review copies, to be honest. So it might be one of those things where it's just, they. it's kind of a more niche title. I mean, it's Kingdom Hearts, of course, but it is a rhythm game. It is. After Kingdom Hearts 3. So it's a yeah. little bit more of a targeted release in terms of its audience. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Now, yeah. before we move o- o- on from PS5, I do have a question whether any of us actually have any interest in Gran Turismo 7. No, uh, but mean,
1: you saying that makes me hurt because while I don't have any interest in Gran Turismo 7 I still have oh. a huge Ridge Racer shaped hole in my heart mm-hmm. and no. I want Ridge Racer 8 so badly especially like on a 4K TV are you kidding me a true next gen Ridge <laughs> Racer experience I would l- l- die if that was announced yeah. I wish
2: Yeah, I, I can't uh, I, I've never really been deep into Ridge Racer uh, I started playing Forza Horizon 4 on my Series X and I forgot how much I just love a good racing game. Like they yes. they really like it. They get your adrenaline going like in a way that I kind of forget sometimes just because it's not the type of game I typically play. Like I'm way more into escapism and, and you know, like fantasy worlds and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, you know, if a I would definitely look at Gran Turismo if it was around the corner, but I it's not like something that's on my radar that I'm following. Just, you know, it, it's, I have no hype for it. Let me put it that way. I'm yeah. getting no vibes from it right <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. The only time I had a good time with Gran Turismo was with three. And during a vacation, I brought the PS2 along. I had Gran Turismo three. And my dad's a mechanic and he was actually, he couldn't play the game. He wasn't very good at that. And I couldn't set up the car to save my life, but he gave me his <laughs> tips for how the car should be set up. And it controlled like butter. So I'm like, I don't want to play Gran Turismo unless my dad's here to give me car tips because I don't know how to set up a car at all. You're lucky I can change the oil. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm more into like arcade racers. I've never really been in, been able to mm. get into like driving simulators. I absolutely respect them because you know you're you're going for realism and all the different cars and how they handle. But I just love, you know, drifting around, you know, hairpin turns at 400 miles per hour with trance pumping into my ears. And mm. I don't know, like arcade racers are actually one of my favorite genres. It's just there, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot going on uh, with them right now. Although, for those of you out there who do like arcade racers, I highly recommend Hot Shot Racing. It's an indie game uh, from Sumo Digital that came out on the Switch and I think all platforms uh, earlier this year, a couple of months ago. And it's a really good virtual, ra- uh, virtual racing style it's kind of, kind of got that early, uh, like, 90s Sega aesthetic to nice. it. Really cool game. So if you like arcade racers like I do, check it out. Nice.
0: Also, uh, apparently I just uh, impressed Amy in the chat. She says, wait, you can change the oil? Yes. I need the stuff, but I, would, <laughs> I can. Cha- I know how to change oil.
1: <laughs> I know how to, but I, I'm, like, claustrophobic, like, really badly cla- claustrophobic. So I can't get underneath a car. I just... I can't, it's, like... You, you need yeah. the
0: jack. You need to get under there. You need a special weird tool to mm-hmm. unscrew the thing. You need I to have another it, I'm one happy ready. happy to it's, pay for the privilege. It's a mess. I'm <laughs> not doing it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to do it. Happy to pay for the privilege.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> last question. What the heck is, it, is Returnal? I do not reno- remember this game at all. Returnal.
1: So, Returnal mm. was the... I can't remember who the uh, developer is, but that was the game that we were all impressed because it f- it features an older female protagonist like an older woman oh, she seems it. to be in her 50s maybe 40s 50s and she's the protagonist and it, it was just really it stood out for that reason because you don't really see a lot of older women protagonists i forgot the
0: title but oh that's triple a games okay now i'm excited yeah definitely more excited for that yeah. than Gran turismo 7
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah same same
0: all right well, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next news topic, which is Mass Effect The Legendary Edition has been revealed and releasing it is releasing in spring of 2021 for the <laughs> PS4 and Xbox One with forward compatibility and enhancements for the PS5 and Xbox Series X. Plus, there's a new Mass Effect game also in the works. Now, this this didn't come out today, but it did come out over the weekend. And yeah. um, I've only ever Hell played Mass Effect 1 yes. and 2. <laughs>
1: Uh, okay. All right. Well, you, you have played the best one, Derek, so at least you have played Mass Effect 2. But I, I think Mass Effect 3, uh, despite the ending nonsense, is still quite good. I, I really enjoyed my time in all three games, and I hope that I have time to revisit all three of these games in the next-gen version, uh, just because I spent like 180 hours in this universe across all three games, God. and I loved it. I just... And it's not even, like, normally my kind of game. You guys know. I'm not really into, like, third-person shooters, necessarily. But this game, the, the universe that Mass Effect builds and, and the different races and the different... It's just such a well-realized, well lived-in universe. And I just... I love this series. And I'm, it's obviously one of the worst-kept secrets in gaming right now. Everybody knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. But it's just so nice to have it officially confirmed. And if I can, I am going to revisit the hell out of these games. I'm so excited.
0: You'll be upset at me, Ash, because I I played Mass Effect Two, did not finish uh-huh. Mass Effect Two. <laughs> hey,
1: you know <laughs> what? There's so much out there to play, man. I can't even I can't even blame you for that. Yeah. Um, no,
0: it, I remember playing the original one, the original Mass Effect, and being like reading through the data logs, and it really did feel like Knights of the Old Republic at the time, uh, just because of mm-hmm. all the data logs. It's like ah, oh, we wanted to make our own Star Wars type thing, and it it does pull you into that world. And I don't know if I'd have the time to play it. But I like the idea of it. A new Mass Effect game? We're gonna to have to actually see stuff from that because I have not heard anything good about Andromeda. Yeah, I'm
1: curious about where that's going. I can't imagine they're gonna do Andromeda two. Like it's it's gonna have to be something new. And I, I don't feel like they're going to undermine the trilogy by making Mass Effect four. So I'm, I'm wondering if it's gonna be another new offshoot, like a new, hmm. you know, like a new start at the start of a new series that isn't Andromeda. But Steve, what about you? Have you played a lot of Mass Effect? No, so <laughs> oh, I, dang.
2: I, I tried, I own all, all three mass effects. I think I, I have uh, mass effect even on the Wii U. Didn't one of them come out on the Wii U? Was it yes, two? Uh, yes, Mass
1: Effect 3 came out three. on the Wii U at So launch. yeah, yeah.
2: I, I own that. I, I bought Mass Effect 1 and 2. So I, I tried to start 3 like when the Wii U was a thing. And I was like, man, I feel like I've really missed the boat on this. I need to go back and play 1 and 2 before I try this. And I bought 1 and 2, and I booted them up on PC. And I was like, man, these look dated. So then I got into modding it. And then I like modded it to where <laughs> I wanted it. I had, I had female shepherd. I was like getting started and then something else came out (laughs) and I just moved away from it. So, I I mean, it, I liked the mechanics and the universe enough to want to check these remasters out, but yeah, I just, you know, it it was one of those things where, where the age of this game passed me by and it Mm -hmm. was sure you, you guys know how it is. Like there's always something right around the corner that you either want to play or have to play. And then you know, you kinda of just forget and, and after a while there's just this looming backlog of games you swore you'd finish. I still, you know, look at Yakuza Zero in my in my list of PlayStation games and I'm like, I know I'm ninety percent done with you. Maybe maybe someday, <laughs> but not today. Yeah. Um, so of- yeah, it's it's one of those that I absolutely want to try, but I have zero experience with it.
0: Yeah. Dukemon says sure. current bioware buy- well, might be messed you- up, but there's no way they can actively ruin a straight port,
1: right? <laughs> Hopefully, right? Hopefully I mean, I'm really curious to see what they do with Mass Effect One because that's that's the game that most people seem to agree has aged the worst in terms of gameplay, uh, and it definitely stands sticks out like a sore thumb. So I'm very curious to see how they're going to streamline that because they've been talking about how they're trying to streamline the entire trilogy to make it a, you know a more palatable experience in 2021. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm very curious to see what they're going to do there. And uh, Steve, it sounds like you might be be the best candidate to review Legendary Edition. If you have so little experience with it, you, can I go? <laughs> yeah, just go play in three, a, three games
0: that equal 180 hours, according to Ash. No Whoa, biggie, simple.
1: No biggie, man. You got this. There's there's
2: three of us and there's three games. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> good point. Good point. I like that. We could do it uh, like
1: a co like a trio. Review. I feel
0: I like, like this isn't the type of game you can easily split up like that.
1: No, it's not because you know yeah. two and three, you of know, continue on from the choices you made in one and two. So yeah. yeah, sure.
0: Well, speaking of troubled games, uh, square Enix's latest financial report has suggested that Marvel's Avengers has kind of un- underperformed compared to expectations and it doesn't really feel like a surprise. Um, yeah, I've, i I hear it's maybe getting better, but nothing about it seems to have clicked with anybody. Uh, I, I've not really looked at it, but I, apparently they were trying the whole destiny aspect with it, and it just didn't, yeah, didn't go well.
2: Yeah, so That's, Ash and yeah. I, Ash and I both got copies of this, and I was kind of excited to like just give it a give it a fair shake, try it out, and and build a video uh-huh. around it. But once I got to playing it, I was like, this is the hardest game to get into. Like, and I love Marvel characters. Weirdly, so I'm a huge huge marvel fan like iron man is my jam and i could not connect with with anybody in this it just felt like such a lifeless imitation of destiny and i was not at all invested in in furthering like the story of it i i played through the whole campaign and i was like great this is where the real game starts and multiplayer just did not entertain me not even a little
1: same. I, I it's a shame too because I actually did. Uh, I haven't finished the campaign, but I did. I did enjoy the story, or I have enjoyed it so far. And I love that it's headlined by Kamala Khan. I think that's super cool that she got a woman of color in, in the you know the headline role of a AAA title in mm-hmm. 2020. I think that's awesome. But as as much as I enjoyed the story and the basic gameplay, it just felt so sterile. It just it felt so just the the focus on loot and the focus on loot and it just didn't yeah. do it for me, and it and just it did not. Yeah, the
2: loot just didn't even make sense. Like, it didn't. If you're playing as the Hulk, you can equip new rib cages. Like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you just you know, hey, I found a new rib cage on the ground. Gonna rip just myself apart stuff and put This in one in, in. Yeah. like, what the hell? Yeah, at least yeah, give him I, a shirt. <laughs>
1: like,
0: Anything. And I also
1: just felt like even the interface, like the menu interface, I felt was incredibly non-user friendly like it was just it was confusing it was hard to to at least for me to tell what your cursor was actually on at any given moment equipping new gear wasn't clear it just didn't i don't know something happened with with that game during development that just went off the rails and it's a shame because it's got the core pieces of a good game it's not terrible by any means but it's just it's so bogged down by unnecessary things as mainly the loot stuff and and the the focus on on online multiplayer, and it's just it's a shame.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's a weird thing to botch um, one of the biggest properties out there right now, and this is a botch. I've been I've been looking through the article a bit more, and uh, the publisher like when Final Fantasy VII remake released, Square Enix reported uh, net sales of three hundred and thirty point one million and an income of around ninety six point eight million. So they they made ninety six almost ninety seven million in that first co- uh, first half of the fiscal year. But when Marvel's Avengers released for the second half, the game division sale in that sales of only $224.4 million and a loss of more than uh, $48.4 million in operating income. So they it's a good thing Final Fantasy VII Remake did so well because <laughs> it kind yeah. of tanked. And apparently, um, they, they didn't release actual numbers, but the volumes were 60, only 60% of the planned sales. So...
1: Yeah. <laughs> not great Yeah, for that. and I mean and not only that, but, but you know, Avengers' next gen release was just delayed to twenty twenty one and the first DLC, which is Kate Bishop, was also moved to an unknown date. So I think it, it seems like they're in this kind of turmoil, like hell part of of post development where they're spending more time fixing the game's current issues than actually, you know, making progress on their post development timeline with D L C and the next gen stuff. Mm-hmm. So It's just really, it seems like they're, it's like one step forward, but like three steps back right now. And I hope they can, I hope they can pull it out because I think there is a, a skeleton of a good game there. But right now, it's really not living up to anywhere close to its potential.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm seeing people in the chat uh, like uh, Meowsticks. Uh, they lost all their profit from it. They didn't lose the, pro- the profit they got from uh, all of the profit they got from Final Fantasy VII Remake. They lost half the profit they got from Final Fantasy VII Remake. Whoa. So it wasn't that bad, as well as bad as that scene. But it's still not great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's get. Re- hey, maybe that'll encourage them to get remake part two out quicker. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's true. Well, look, here's hoping, man. Ah, oh, I hope so.
0: Oh, if it with those load times and all that, I will totally buy a uh, port of Seven Remake. Oh, five yeah.
1: I will be happy to replay FF Seven Remake Part One yep. if and when the next gen version comes. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. they haven't announced anything, but you know it's coming. It's yeah. it's gonna happen. It has. To Hopefully be, with yeah. with extra story content or something like a like an extra little digest at the end, Kingdom Hearts style.
0: Yeah, that would uh, be cool. But yeah. We have a bit more Square Enix news, uh, some of it uh, a bit better, a bit more exciting, because uh, Kingdom Hearts' Melody of Memories complete song list has been revealed, and this is credit goes to Reset remember member uh, Chaser Joey. And Ash, I'm going to let you cover this one, because you know you know the song lineup <laughs> and you probably, like, memorized the list, <laughs> let's be honest.
1: Oh, I can't say I've memorized a whole list of 130 songs, but my god, you guys, if, if you out there are fans of Kingdom Hearts music, this is the most exhaustive song list. I mean, I'm sure there's some really good stuff that's missing. I haven't had a chance to really go through it song by song, but, I mean, you've got over 130 songs here. You've got, of course, you know, the big ones from Kingdom Hearts 1, like, you know, Night of Fate, Simple and Clean, Diving into the Heart, uh, Hand in Hand. We've got One Winged Angel from Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, so we got the, that, the Kingdom Hearts version of that uh, of that song. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord of the Castle and Chain of Memories, the, the battle theme for Marluxia. Uh, you got a bunch of stuff from Kingdom Hearts 2. Sanctuary opening version. Uh, Roxas' theme, of course. Of course. Um, you know, 13th Dilemma. Darkness of the Unknown. It, it, there's so much here. I, I'm surprised that I'm not seeing um, Battle to the Death, I think it's called. It's the first final battle theme in Kingdom Hearts 2, and I'm hoping mm-hmm. maybe it's unlockable or something. But I am surprised that it's not there. Maybe. Um Kingdom Hearts so, Two Final Mix. You got like Rage Awakened and Fate of the Unknown. Of course, Derek, I know you're going to appreciate this. Vector to the Heavens from 358 over two days. Mm-hmm. That's, um, yeah, that's ton really of good. stuff. Of course, for, oh, it's one of the best when you're fighting Shion. Uh, yeah, and um, real quick, Burst I, by Sleep. A bunch of oh, go for it.
0: I, I was going through the list, and I'm actually really surprised by this. Um, I guess if song lists are spoilers, I'm not sure they are, but I'm actually really surprised. That they have uh, Circle of Life, Whole New World, and Beauty and the Beast in here as well. Wow. Because those are not in the game. Only Let It Go and uh, a couple songs from Little Mermaid were ever in Kingdom Hearts itself. Right. So.
1: And they have the most important song in the entire song list. Thank God for this confirmation. Bibbity bobbidi boo from Birth by Sleep, anybody?
0: <laughs> hey, I'm down. Hell
1: yes. <laughs> I know. I'm down. Right? Hey, that's um, that's the...
0: Episode that you're that's the world that your dad was in.
1: That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> um, yeah, he was what Prince Eric was. That? No, he's not yeah, Prince Eric, he he's was, the no, um, no, the guy with the Eric.
0: monocle that
2: uh,
1: right helps out. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh man, um, I know who you're talking about, but I don't know his name.
0: I <laughs> he's the one that puts <laughs> on the slipper.
1: Yeah, what's his name? The the Duke. Is it the Duke? Maybe it's the Duke.
0: Maybe?
1: Yeah, I can't remember. Either way. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm a terrible son. Um, yeah, we know. <laughs> you, you've got, you've got the, 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 the only two songs probably worth highlighting and recoded are both in this, uh, Wonder of Electron and No More Bugs. Of course, Dream Drop Distance. You've got Calling, thankfully. Um, right. you, the, the trance theme, the trance version of Traverse Town. You've got the uh, Calling from The World Ends With You. Yeah. Um, you got, yeah, the one single song from Kingdom Hearts uh, 0.2, Birth by Sleep. And then we've got some Kingdom Hearts 3 songs. But I have to say, I'm a little disappointed at how f- just how few Kingdom Hearts 3 songs there are. Mm-hmm. It's got, like, eight, actually. Fortunately, don't think twice is one of them. Thank God, because yeah. I
0: love that oh, song. Oh, it's so good. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: it's so good. But I'm a little su- surprised that there isn't more from Kingdom Hearts 3. So I- I'm crossing my fingers for some unlockables, and maybe this isn't the full song list, but... It seems like it is. So, um, there's also some cool miscellaneous stuff here. You got uh, some something Destati from the Kingdom Hearts Orchestra World Tour album, uh, some Piano Collection songs, and uh, yeah, it's so this is a hugely exhaustive song list, you guys. Oh yeah. So if you're, I mean, if you're a Yoko Shimomura fan like I am, and I know Derek is. We're in for a really good time with this game, and I can't wait and, to just dig into this game.
0: I mean, I was just about to bring up Evernight Studios' comment, Melody of Memories, uh, a.k.a. Yokoshimamura Appreciation Hours.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's, it's essentially theater rhythm Yokoshimamura, although for that we would need Parasite Eve and Legend of Mana and, and, and Front Mission and stuff like that as well, but... I just hope that it does well because I want to get. Even though this isn't quite from the demo, at least it isn't quite the, the next theater rhythm that it seemed to be. It's still really fun, and I want to see Square continue to release these kinds of games. Mm-hmm. I'm still crossing my fingers for a Switch port of Curtain Call. I, I would cool. be happy to release to buy all the DLC. I was. I would like.
0: Uh, the, they made a theater rhythm Dragon Quest that they never brought over. I feel like that I was would a love missed opportunity. To see,
1: yeah. Yeah, I would have loved to see that, although I don't think it would have had nearly as no, big an audience here. W- and unfortunately, the composer is a scumbag, so there is yeah, that Yeah, there is that aspect, but... <laughs> yikes. Yeah. Oh, oh well. Um, yeah, what you gonna do?
0: Uh, Gerber, uh, 12, 1218, didn't Theater Rhythm, a Curtain Call have like 100 DLC songs? Yes, and Ash bought them all.
1: I bought every Ooh. single one, and I would buy every single one again in a second for a console port of theater rhythm curtain call I don't even care that I spent a hundred bucks on that DLC don't Mm -hmm. even care Uh, I got so much use out of it
0: oh sorry Hmm? Uh, Ambison mentioned that uh, do remember that there are other Kingdom Hearts composers Takaharu Ishimoto and uh, Tsuyoshi Sakito who worked on Birth by Sleep Dreamed Up Distance and KH3 so.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Uh, by the way, guys, I'm sorry for the lighting on my end. It's I'm, I'm having to be in a separate room for my wife because she's doing her own meeting. So we're still getting our office set up, but it's not always going to be this dark on my end. So please bear with me. I know I'm a little dark over here. Uh,
0: uh, how ironic that darkness overtakes Ash when we talk about Kingdom Hearts.
1: <laughs> I know, right?
0: <laughs> oh, boy. I I, I, I think you're not much of a Kingdom Hearts fan, Steve, so I'm guessing this does nothing for you.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I've just been sitting here like Keyblades are pretty dope. I, like those. <laughs> I played Kingdom Hearts two and I absolutely loved them. Something about 3 mm-hmm. didn't work for me. I, I, mm-hmm. pl- I got it, I have it on Xbox, I've played like maybe 5-6 hours of it and it just never mm-hmm. clicked all the way. But, uh, you know, this was well before I met my fiancé who was like a hyper Disney fan. Like, she is... I mean, like, since this pandemic started, like, every couple of months, she's like, we need to go to Disneyland. Let's see if they're open. And I'm like, they're not open yet. It's in California. Like, they're definitely (laughs) not open. (laughs) And uh, sure enough, we checked, like, three weeks ago. Because I was like, ah, I want to go, too. But um, I think that her love of Disney might be the motivation I need to just go through the game. Because I feel like it's a game where if I sit down and I really just approach it with a completely open mind, I will love it. But I just... Like, every little quirk, I'm like, man, this plays like a PS2 game, and that's kind of the point, but I'm just like, games have advanced so much, (laughs) and I have so many other options that I'm like, ah, screw it, I'll I'll go play some Spider-Man or something, (laughs) something with more instant gratification, um... So I I'd, I'd love to sit down and play through it cuz like I said 1 and 2 were my jam like on the PS2 back yeah. in the day when when this design was in vogue I really loved those games and I loved the storytelling and I'm sure that's still great I remember Derek's review was just glowing so and, hey, I, I I, I, I stand
0: trust- by, I stand by that I know people have problems with Kingdom Hearts 3 but it sucked me in like I do not go out of my way to platinum games and I was all about that platinum and KH3 and totally sucked in even beat all the yeah. super hard bosses in the dlc did not beat the super yeah. boss in the dlc because screw that um yeah but i was i was down i just really enjoyed it i still think birth by sleep is my favorite of the series though birth by sleep is just
1: it might be mine too amazing i have to say um and i, I kind of i enjoy kingdom hearts 3 definitely but I, I definitely came down on the side of being slightly disappointed by it i i'm still glad i played it Part of that has to do with with an element of the ending that just pissed me off to no end.
0: They kind Um, of fixed it in the DLC, if you've played that yet.
1: Kind of, yeah. And on that note, Derek, I still, to this day... Get requests from fans for us to do a Kingdom Hearts three. You know, we might to have to discussion. just
0: pull that trigger. So
1: now we just got to do it. We got. I was do about it now, to say, man. I yeah. feel
2: the energy for this for this to become a discussion video radiating from the audience. I think this yeah. should this should be something that goes on our Patreon. If you want to see Derek and Ash battle yeah. out their opinions over Kingdom Hearts three, join us on Patreon.com dot that- slash We'll Way to pl-
0: plug. Oh, God. <laughs> nice. Nice plug. Oh, always
2: be working, gentlemen. <laughs> make, make, th- make
1: that a um, stretch goal. <laughs> Stephen Steven Turquoise asks, uh, Ash, did you ever play the theater rhythm game in the arcade? I like that one. So, yes, I actually played it while I was in Japan for my last trip there. Uh, it's called uh, All-Star Carnival, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I would love to see them port that to Switch as well if they if they could. So who knows? But it's a lot of fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, there is one other Square Enix game coming out soon that I'm pretty sure you're still excited for, Ash, uh, as they've revealed more information about Bravely Default 2's characters, jobs, world, and more. And I haven't actually had a chance to look at this, so enlighten me.
1: Well, we've got the four main characters here, Bravely Default 2, who are uh, Seth, the protagonist, uh, Gloria, the princess of Musa, a country that washed over the peace of the world by way of the crystals, uh, Elvis, a scholar who travels the world, and uh, Adele, a mercenary for hire, who is traveling with Elvis. And, uh, yeah, I, so these are our four new characters in Bravely Default 2. I will say that I'm a little bit mixed on them so far, and I think that's just because Bravely Second's cast was so charming. And it's just they were so such memorable characters to me, and uh, and same thing with Bravely Default One. Like as as I think you and I have kind of mentioned before, Derek, talking about this, something about Bravely Default Two so far feels a bit off to me. Uh, I am excited about it, and as we learn more about the world, I'm I'm still very excited, but it's not just utterly grabbing me the way Bravely Default and especially Second did. Some of you will know that uh, Second was my game of the year for 2016. I just loved it. And so far, I'm just not quite sure yet. Um,
0: the, but The problem is, yeah. Yeah. in my opinion, is that the graphical style works because that is the Bravely Default art style. I think they needed to go a bit more um, cartoonish as far as graphics like, give that, that cell shaded mm-hmm. look because It does look like just a high-end 3DS game, and that style works so well on the 3DS. But when you get into HD on the Switch, it just doesn't hold up as much. And I don't think it—it comes across, even though it definitely isn't—it kind of feels cheap. And we're also getting rid of, I think, some of the aspects that you really like, where you can set the encounter rates and stuff like that. And there, there are a lot of like. I was really impressed with that trailer they put out, where they listed all the things they've fixed since the demo which it did need and did I, i'm need, yeah. very glad for that i'm still excited for baby default too but i think they needed a more associated style because the towns still look gorgeous like those impressed like beautiful. crazy but the overworld the characters the monsters they're fine they're, like wouldn't stop me from enjoying me. them but it's just
1: yeah I don't even know if it's, if it's the, the visual quality of the graphics that, that does it for me. It's, I actually think it's a pretty good-looking game. It's more that I just—again, I don't know a lot about them yet, so it's not a fair criticism to make at this point, but the, the characters themselves and their personalities just aren't grabbing me the way the previous games have so far. And same thing with, like, the voice acting. I was kind of surprised by how low rent some of the voice acting sounded in the latest—in uh, the trailer they revealed as part of the uh, recent Nintendo Direct Developer Showcase. Mm-hmm. It just feels a bit lower budget all around, and I guess that plays into what you were saying too, Derek, about how it doesn't quite look as uh, as visually spectacular as it did on the three d s. So there's just something about it that's giving me a, a slightly lower budget vibe about it, and that can be okay. It's just not what I was expecting necessarily. and i I do really miss the fact that you that you know there're no longer random encounters and you can't set the encounter rate. Thankfully, you can outrun enemies now, so you can avoid combat when you want. I just love that you had complete control over the over the experience in Bravely Second and Default, where you could, you know, speed up battles and chain encounters, and you know, and level up super quickly and turn off encounters, and it just seems like a step back in that sense. But it's not out yet; it's not fair to pass judgment. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see how, how the game is vibing vibing with <laughs> me when it comes out.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm guessing this is also not a game, the series that you're interested in, Steve. I picked up the demo
2: for Bravely Default 2 and I liked Bravely Default 1 on the 3DS. Like mm-hmm. I was actually like into it and I, I I will be the first to admit I never finished it just cuz big RPGs are really hard to get through. Like it has to be yeah. a, a something truly special for me to sit down and carve out that large of a chunk of time. But I got a good portion into, into Bravely Default, and I really was enjoying it. I think the storytelling was great. Aesthetically, it was pleasing. Characters were great. And, and so I went into the Bravely Default 2 demo pretty hyped. Like, I was I was excited to try it, because I was like, man, this is, you know, everything I would want from a Bravely Default successor. Like, I can play it on my TV. I've got it on the Switch, which for me is the ideal console for a, a follow-up to a mobile RPG. And it just didn't click it, it mm-hmm. didn't click for me at all I, I I watched the first few cut scenes like like Ash I agree that the voice acting was just not great it didn't grab me the performances didn't really stir anything in me and I, I just fell off I fell off really quick I was just like wow this is not at all compelling to me I don't know I couldn't quite articulate it and I still can't <laughs> fully articulate why it didn't work but it just didn't mm-hmm. work, and I, I ended up just closing the demo and never looking back.
0: Yeah, as, as I ran, think they really
1: need to release a new demo. I think once once they've yeah. implemented some more of these fixes, totally they were talking on about. Yeah, they need a new demo to kind of get people rehyped for the for the final release that showcases a lot of what they've changed.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Asran says that they he they believe that they uh, setting the demo to a higher difficult default difficulty was a huge misstep. Um, Definitely. They got a lot of complaints about that so it I, I, and I was shocked I was shocked how tough that demo was <laughs>
1: me too <laughs> so, hey, it, but it, it was a weird difficulty curve too because once once you reach a certain point it got super easy but getting there was a really tough uphill battle kind of like breath of the wild hmm. where like at the beginning it can be super tough if, if depending on where you go but once you reach a certain point that difficulty curve just slides precipitously down and it almost becomes brain dead easy Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm still sitting over here hoping that they're going to do Bravely Third one day Bravely Second did end on an incredible cliffhanger I love that story and those characters so much and I really hope they do a proper Bravely Third someday so we'll see
0: yeah well, uh, let's let's wake uh, Steve up because there's a bit of news here that uh, we don't have on our list that I I did want to bring special mention to because um, it's Salmon Max Save the World, uh, enhanced oh, edition man. I believe it is, and I, I saw you getting really excited for that Steve, and I've never played a Salmon Max game, but I watched the hell out of the Salmon Max uh, TV show cartoon back on Fox Kids when I was younger thought they were freaking hilarious so seeing uh you know this this remake of the telltale games and having a new team behind it uh, up upping it to have new music behind it i'm like you know what i might pick that up that looks pretty interesting and it's coming out in december it's not too far off it's only like a month away so i don't know i'm, I'm pretty excited do you guys i steve i'm assuming you have familiarity with sam and max I've I've checked it out.
2: I haven't played a ton of it, but I was really into the whole point and click adventure kind of thing when I was younger. Mm. I mean, my my dad bought a lot of like Sierra games for PC way back in the day. And if you don't know, like King's Quest is is like a very old school but very popular like point and click series, right? Um, But I didn't get into Sam and Max until, and, and this is gonna just date how old I am. But when Strong Bad's cool game for awesome people came out for the Wii, oh, I remember, and that. I was like, "What else did these guys make?" Like, because I I love Homestar Runner. I, it's just, you know, yeah. kitschy, funny, like goofy humor. And I found out that the same developer made Salmon Max, and I was I, so I ended up downloading it on the. I want to say they also had a Salmon Max game on the Wii. I think so. And they're just so full of personality like i love Mm -hmm. the characters themselves and i don't know what exactly we're getting with this new game but i am hyped to check it out like i love games that make me laugh like if a game can make me laugh that's such a rare quality and i will pick up just about any funny game i can find so i i'm really excited to see this and i hope that they bring like sam and max's trademark humor to it because that would that would be something that would just really cap off the year in a real nice way (laughs) <laughs> a really bad year. <laughs> I'm trying not to. <laughs> a really bad year with a yeah. really with just a really fun, lighthearted experience would be really
0: nice. Mm-hmm. And from the trailer, I th- I thought the humor was on point. Like, I was like, oh right, I forgot. I chewed I chewed off the brake brake lines and stuff like that. Just the yeah. insanity of Max mm-hmm. just always kills me. Yeah, for yeah. Sure.
1: I I wish I could say more. I I have very little reference point for uh, for for Sam and Max. I've heard of it, of course, and I. You know, generally know of it, but I never really followed it. So, it seems like people are excited for this, though, so I, I hope it uh, turns out to be what people want out of it.
0: hmm Exactly. I'm done. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but, uh, moving on, uh, Steve, you've played Mortal Kombat 11. It looks like uh, cross-platform play might be coming to Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, but it's unclear exactly when, and the game launches on the 17th. So... Does crowd. I, I don't play a ton of fighting games, but I get the feeling that cross-platform play does not happen a lot.
2: Yeah, cross-platform not playing really. fighting games is super rare. Uh, so it's yeah. really interesting to see. I mean, like Street Fighter Five has PC and PlayStation cross-platform, um, but that's really the only prominent example I can think of. Um, and it, it. Yeah, I, I don't can't think, think Tekken of, Seven does. I yeah, think. I, I, I could I, be wrong. Okay. I, yeah I could be wrong on that too I have Tekken seven I but I don't play online a bunch because I suck at Tekken so <laughs> Same. Um, I I like to think that I'm halfway decent at Street Fighter and okay at Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. um, Mortal Kombat 11 is like one of my favorite games to trot out when my best friend comes over um, we'll, nice. we'll get we'll have some drinks and because it's like Fighting games are just getting wild now. Like I don't know if you guys have mm-hmm. kept up with Mortal Kombat 11, but friggin' RoboCop is in it. I did see that. <laughs> yeah. And and when you do his friendship, he does the robot, which is like the best. So It's, good. it's objectively yeah. the best thing. Or like uh, Raiden brings out his kid, and it says like Kid Thunder, and it's a reference to his old Mortal Kombat <laughs> 2 friendship. But they, it's like they decided when Mortal Kombat 11 came out, they're like, oh, this is gonna be serious. And then at some point, Ed Boon or somebody was just like, you know what? Screw it like just yeah sure let's terminator yeah let's put him in <laughs> like, yeah let's rambo put RoboCop in robocop too it? yeah
0: like, rambo yeah. voiced by sylvester stallone he recorded yeah. new lines for that
2: that's
1: so random amazing yeah. that is
2: like i i love the fact that he's just leaning into the fact that nether realm was bought by warner brothers he's like mm. yep uh-huh. we're part of the warner yeah. brothers family now so we're just gonna get stupid with this <laughs> like I, we're gonna take he, all your characters and put them in this game
0: you you get the I feeling that NetherRealm really wants to make an 80s icon fighting game because they've had Jason, yeah. they've had Freddy, they've had, uh, you know, Robocop. Predator. And Predator. and uh, Predator, yeah. Didn't they have? did they have Alien? Or am I the Xenomorph? I, or I, I think so. That? I think you were able to do a Xenomorph. Did, yeah. Like, that
2: was in Mortal Kombat 10. Yeah, I think you were able to do Xenomorph versus Predator right. in the game.
1: <laughs> like, That's,
2: I feel like he just looks around and finds action figures in the office and he's like, yeah, I'm going to put this in Mortal Kombat now.
0: hmm
1: I honestly think a
0: horror-based fighting game from NetherRealm would be really cool. Um, I could see it happening, too. The answer to Capcom's Darkstalkers that they've done nothing with.
2: Oh, man. Right. And, and the thing that hurt so bad about Dark Stalkers was Yoshinori Ono teased it for years. Know, like he was going to do remember. it. And now he's not at Capcom. So mm-hmm. it's definitely not happening. Um, I guess yeah. that was like a, a bridge too far or something. Because, I mean, this is the man that revived Street Fighter. Like he brought it back from the grave. And if they would let him do that, any and Street Fighter 4 was insanely successful by any metric. Um so the fact that they were like, oh, yeah, OK, I mean, we you resuscitated one of our longest dormant franchises, but we're not going to let you do Darkstalkers just seemed really weird.
0: I you remember a yeah. long time ago. It, I don't know if it was around the same time as the Street Fighter 4 thing. Street Fighter 4 lasted forever, so I imagine it did. It did come out around the same time, but they did release a Darkstalkers collection that apparently probably nobody paid attention to. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because yeah. they were they were talking about how enough people bought it that it was the beginning of a Dark Stalkers revival, and maybe enough people didn't buy it. I don't know, but Capcom has a has a pretty bad track record with this because yeah, Ono promised uh, or not promised, but teased a new Dark Stalkers game before leaving, yeah. just like Inafune teased or actually officially started development on Mega Man Legends three before he departed. So Capcom has a problem with this, and. It's a shame. Personally, as much as I love Darkstalkers, the the series I want to see have a resurgence is Rival Schools. Oh yeah, I adore yes. Rival Schools, and especially Project Justice. And having Akira from Rival Schools as one of the next Street Fighter Five DLC characters is so cool. That was such a neat surprise. And even if all we ever get is an HD collection, I still want one. Mm-hmm. Those games are are just nuts. They're so weird and so hyper anime. Uh, I just I love those games so much.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so to to bring this back okay. to to Mortal Kombat and crossplay, like fighting games of all things should be like the one genre that has crossplay, because mm-hmm. like yeah. the whole point of a fighting game is to find the best challenger and beat them, or or get beat by them, and it's like limiting yourself to just PlayStation or Xbox or Switch or PC or whatever you're on obviously limits that available talent pool i would love to see one-on-one fighting games you know having cross-play become the norm because Mm -hmm. i don't want to have to pick up you know pick up whatever version someone has on some other platform just to test my skill against them i want i want to know that everyone in the world that has this game can compete against me no matter what they've got Mm -hmm. so i I mean mortal kombat 11 is on everything it's on ps4 xbox switch like somehow (laughs) that's true so (laughs) You know, PC. So you could, in theory, if they enabled this, you could play someone that's playing in handheld mode on their Switch while you're playing on your 4K TV, and and uh, talk smack. That would be that would be a lot of fun. I'd love to be able to throw down. I hope it happens. I doubt it will.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Unfortunately, me
1: too.
0: but uh, well, the last bit of news we have tonight is Nintendo has confirmed that Xenoblade Chronicles Two has surpassed two million units in sales, which. For a niche, niche RPG like Xenoblade. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> like yeah. that is insane. Like the, I, I the waifu I, I, love is what's, strong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is a fantastic game. If it wasn't for Dragon Quest Eleven S two xc C two might be my favorite game on this on this system, especially after playing Torna. Um, It's just such a complete package. And the storytelling of the Xenoblade games are so tightly written, especially upon replay. Um, The the non-paid gotcha element of 2 is probably its weakest uh, stature, but you can still have fun. You can still get through the game with all the blades that you get. It's just if you're going for 100% and trying to see all the blades, then it gets a little unfortunate but, grindy yeah grindy like just I, a bit i opened yeah. so many cores trying to get cosmos and i never got her i know <laughs> Same. Uh, i never got
1: cosmos either killed yeah, me I... and then i
0: talked to some people that got as early as like the third titan i'm like screw you
2: <laughs> oh yeah uh-huh. i i wrote ign's guide for xenoblade chronicles 2 over a christmas break mm-hmm. and they they sent me a code and they're like i mean First off, I knew it was an assignment from hell because they offered me triple my normal fee for the guide. They're like, hey, uh, do you want to not sleep for a while and and (laughs) (laughs) work until your hands are stumps? Uh, We're going to, you know, like they paid me as much for Xenoblade as they would for three normal guides. And I was like, that means I'm going to do a lot. And they were Mm -hmm. like, you know what? Take two copies of the game and get some help. (laughs) <laughs> and so they, nice. they. I mean, they they sent me, up as me best of Pokemon
0: coverage. I, mean, I had to get, yeah, get all that stuff. It,
2: oh God, it was it was tough. It was really tough. But I, I do think that that game is amazing. Like mm-hmm. it it is such a good game. I I will be the first to admit I hate the English voice acting. I had to switch to Japanese right away. Oh um, really? I think they, I well they it's do just get like, better
0: because I when we we had that uh, opportunity to just to interview. Um, the voice actress for Pyra, she did say that they just started at the beginning of the script and worked to the end of the script. So by yes. the end, they're all excellent.
2: So I will, I will be the first to admit, I, obviously I didn't listen through the whole game that way. I think the voice actor for Rex was my main problem. Like, when I saw, like, that opening scene where he's fighting, you know, before oh, he, he gets his blade. And, he's, and just the his, flat delivery of his screams and yeah, grunts. Yeah, that's the part like, that killed on. Rex for a lot
0: of people.
1: Yeah, well, not only yeah. like that, but there's that one scene toward the beginning where he had, the, they reused the same scream. from. Oh, Rex. you're right. Yeah, like, yeah they, they did it use it twice. Other, and it was, it was uh, so awkward. And yeah, yeah, there's, there's the, I, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I that game, like, the voice acting in English just got on my nerves so much. But once I switched to Japanese, I was like, man, this is fantastic. But I remember, what was the super reused lines from from the soldiers that you oh, were
0: playing? Oh, uh, don't think forget you can handle me. handle me? Don't forget me! Yeah, like they, they patched <laughs> that out. They actually yeah. patched that out, which is a shame. Oh, nice. Did they really? For, oh, so think so you can take I, me? Don't forget me. There you go. Yeah, that's it. Think back you back can forth. take <laughs> me? Don't forget oh, me. Oh, I was dying, yeah. like...
2: And I remember, I remember like, my friend, so the way it worked when I was working on the guide, I was in, I was living with a friend at the time, and I was in my room playing Xenoblade, and he was in his room playing Xenoblade, and one of us would shout, like, down the hall, think you could take me? And the other dude would be like, don't forget me! <laughs> like, it became, like, a shorthand for just communication in our house. And nice. I, I mean, oh. that being said, cheesy cheesy dialogue or, or, you know, flat delivery, the game itself is just awesome oh and by I, the time you I get to like to the
0: final the five chapters RPGs. it's unreal i'm,
1: I'm unfortunately going to be the lone voice of descent here i think it's a good game but i kind of bounced off it compared to xenoblade one which i love more than ever in definitive edition but i across the board personally oh. prefer xenoblade one over xenoblade two just across the board did, did you nice. beat it um, ash or not xenoblade two yeah I got to the very end, and I still haven't actually finished. I'm literally at the end of the of the final chapter, Ugh. and I just got to go go and finish it. But the only but I will tell you though, the only reason I even got there was because I bought the DLC just to be able to slide the custom difficulty all the way down, like enemy HP all the way down right. to the minimum, because I just did not enjoy that battle system. I, I just
0: I, I gotta say, um, just to plug another channel. Chugga Conroy is in the middle of playing Xenoblade Chronicles Two for his channel, and he is always so thorough. But my god, the amount of effort he puts into a Xenoblade playthroughs! Uh, <laughs> I, I like he'll be and he'll be the first to admit that tutorials in Xenoblade, are, Xenoblade Two are not that great, but yeah. oh, um, yeah. he explains it so well. Like if you have any interest in Xenoblade Two, watch a couple episodes of Chugga's playthrough you will get into it and you will enjoy it nice. Um, he, he really does a great nice. job. He even goes into how the whole um, gotcha system works, like the, the rates and how there's like a pity system. It's really impressive. So interesting. good on, good on him. I mean, he did this, went to the same level of detail for the original Xenoblade. So he, he, like. and speaking of Chugga, we got the, we got the early copies at the same time. So it was really nice being able to, like, oh, my God, did you see this? And bounce off. Like, those moments were so fun and so memorable. Because, like, Steve, yeah, I was up to the nth hour just trying to get through it. And, you know, (laughs) if we ever get a Xenoblade 3, I'll definitely, like, time for another half-hour review. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, really quick, before we move on to the end, I want to highlight something Octopuppet said a little while ago in the chat. Mm-hmm. We've got some news coming in during the show. Um, oh. Smash Update 9.0.2 is coming soon. So mm-hmm. it's probably just a, you know, it's a minor patch adding, you know probably fixing some stuff with Steve and, and such. But hey, I'm uh, fine. it's coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, right? Yeah, you're fine. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm actually trying to look it up right now to see if what it says it's going to do but
0: maybe we'll get like small all small stages like we got like then we get like small battlefield or something like that
1: yeah with so the one time we got was 8.1 i think we got a new stage in small battlefield and also the ability to uh choose any music track you want for final destination and all the battlefields so that Mm -hmm. was a really cool surprise getting a new stage um, But that's the only time that's happened. So I wouldn't necessarily expect it, but you never know. Yeah. But usually when the version number is, you know, it's like 9.0.2, that's a super incremental update that's probably just bug fixes and, yeah. you know, little nips and tucks here and there. If it was like 9.1, then I would maybe expect something a little bigger.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I will say we're never going to get it, and I don't want to push that extra work onto Sakurai, but part of me is sort of sad that we never got like a... um Echo pack, just obvious was oh, that, that we didn't cool. get like Miss Pac-Man and Shadow and stuff like that. Just to
1: Echo pack and and I want I, I still would pay whatever they ask for uh, music DLC, mm. standalone yes. music DLC, whatever they wanted to, to tell me how much to pay, I'll pay it. Yeah, fair. I'm such a sucker. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice.
1: Oh, wait, no. Ever, yeah, Straw Hat Ninja and Evernight Studio are saying they're going to peach Steve's meat back in. Let's hope. Let's, oh, let's hope they do. That would, yeah. that would be the best <laughs> thing for Steve's a fun video. Yeah.
0: Oh, goodness. But yeah, I think that pretty much covers it for all of our news topics from today. A lot of interesting things, good news, bad news, new games, and a lot of stuff coming up. So it's all exciting. And um, yeah, with that, we have covered all of the major headlines for today's news. But before we sign off, we have to give a special thanks to all of our patrons at the Producer Tier for helping us make this happen. And in addition, a massive thanks to our Executive Producer patrons. Uh, and those include uh, Rosa, Rosa Bowling, Benny Yao, Kieran Phillips, Dioga Rocha Pereira, Dukamon, OnStar, The D-Pad, Christopher Bake, Floating Mew, HMS May Cry, Adam O'Sullivan, z rob lawlor and game explain and you too can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gv gaming where you can watch today's news tonight uh for as little as five dollars a month live with all of us just like we had holy crap we had like 60 80 people during this it was amazing uh yeah. so thank you to all the patrons in the chat right now watching this it truly means the world to us And just thank you all so much for watching. And if you like this video, be sure to subscribe to Good Vibes Gaming for more good times like these. So until next time, spread those good vibes and see you then.
1: Bye. Bye. See you next time, guys.